and welcome to the Arrow Panel, episode 50. This is a dance game discussion show where we discuss dance games, such as DDR and ITG, and Pump It Up. Um, and I am one of your hosts, Dalton Runberg, uh, aka Blue Chows, Blue Chaos, whatever you want to call me, I don't know. Uh, we've got... I am uh, Demo, uh, real name Omid, Twitter handle at Bromead. I'm Roger Clark, at Roger Clark on Twitter. And uh, we've got a special guest here uh, with us today. Um, as I mentioned, sometimes we talk about ITG on this show. Hopefully we'll be talking about it. Today theory. is one of those days. <laughs> today is one of those days. So we've got special guest uh, Kyle here, Ryoto. Want say hi? Hey guys, what's up? Thank you for joining us. Of course. Good to have you on, man. So who the heck... Arya. Well, um, I am a longtime dance game player. It's been the biggest part of my life for over half my life now, which is crazy. It's been 16 years Isn't now. It? And, you know, I started out, as most people did, with playing DDR casually when it the big wave hit in the early 2000s. And I was one of the few that never decided to quit the game. And I just kept pushing on and on. And then I just... You know, wanted to get to know the community, and now they're all my best friends. So I'm still sticking around for the long run. So um, it's awesome, man. Yeah, so, sounds like a familiar story. It I is. Was That's why say, I was you're like, in good company. Yeah, I was gonna say I think we all can relate to that on some level. Um, when, when about did you, what year did you start playing, or like what mix was your first mix? It was Max Two Home version, which oh. is pretty common, I feel, for like our age group. And That's a great one. You, you know, it, it it was such a memorable experience because. I think a lot of people in my, you know, my friend group and in our age group in general, we didn't even know about like electronic music or dance music or like um, mm -hmm. EDM or anything like that. And that game exposed me to it. And it like opened up so much for me in terms of music tastes and understanding rhythm, you know, and that was always something I liked, but I just didn't comprehend as a high school or middle schooler. So it was like a big deal to get into. Um, so Max 2 was the game of, that got me into it. Hasn't I've honestly never stopped playing. I think my longest break was eight days for the last what? sixteen years. Yeah, I actually have kept no track. Way. My longest break is eight days, and it was wow. the weirdest eight days of my life. Well, <laughs> Kyle, that explains why you're so damn good at the game. Gotta yeah. say, now what, now it makes perfect sense. What was your um? What was your first like home setup like? Like, did you have a you had a soft pad or or yeah. did you just play on controller or what? I actually like never even realized you could play on controller for like a few months until I <laughs> actually I didn't like I didn't think about it like that I'm literally standing on like a D-pad I didn't like actually think about it but I got you know um, a typical story is you and your group of friends you're hanging out and then your high school friends are like you know what uh, we started playing this new game that's popular called Dance Dance Revolution. I'm thinking to myself, oh, I think I've seen that in the arcade, but I don't really care, you know, whatever. <laughs> they bring it over, and then, you know, by the end of the night, I'm just, like, hooked. And I couldn't even really put my finger on it. Like, if you were to ask me why I liked it, I don't even have an answer. Like, there, I even kept saying to myself, like, why do I want to play this? I don't get it yet. It didn't hit me. It took me, like, a week. But the next day, I went on eBay, bought a Max 2, PS2 with two soft pads, immediately got it. On November tenth, two thousand three. So that's when I officially started playing. I like to say, "Wow, that's awesome that you like that's know dope. know that date." Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's super memorable. So can't forget it. 
I mean, it was, I think that was definitely like the height of the the popularity of DDR in like the first the first wave, pretty much. And yeah, this is like all the all the best versions of the game back then, and all that great music we had. You know, that was like the height of the trance, uh, sort of the the trance trend, and yeah, it's so much good stuff going on around then. And that's why Drifting Away should have won the uh, DDR duel. Still mad. Still mad about that, a little salty. But Ghost is still good enough to get to, to get the win. I'll give it credit. At least it lost to Ghost and not something else. Still Wait, was this? That was in the, in the, the DDR players group? <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, I was pretty salty about it because I was like, so confident Drifting Away would just win the whole thing. And then it went up against Ghost, and I'm like... You gotta be kidding! Out of all songs, like the next best, like in my opinion, anyway, the next best song on Max Two CS. I'm like, wow. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough matchup. It really take is. me away was pretty good, but yeah, that and, wasn't in the uh, arcade. So th- those yeah. are the top three for me from that mix for sure. I think, man, Roger, would you take Ghosts? I mean, that is so tough. I I like Ghosts. I think the I really like the uh, that's the super repetitive hook melody in Drifting Away, like. I think it's it's like super memorable. Whereas with ghosts, like it, I feel like it doesn't have that like super memorable like da 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 thing that like, like I can just remember. It fades away. It's like a heartbeat, dude. It's such a sick rhythm. It's awesome. It's, it's right. amazing. It's all that build up, man. Like it builds up the whole song, and like at the time, the rhythms were so challenging to do. So I viewed it like almost as like. Not only a hype song, but kind of like a boss song for me to to learn. It was as like really hard, like yeah. especially with like you know like I didn't realize how hard the background was to read too. But I was like, why is this so hard to read? But no, that background was also hard to read on me on uh, Max Two. They did that shit on purpose. Yeah, they just know? really wanted to make us frustrated. Yeah, now now like looking back and playing extreme, it's like how did we ever play this? Like and and like I don't ever recall really thinking about the background videos that much. Like I didn't. There were a couple that were really bad, but even now, it's just like, when I yeah. play Extreme, I'm just like, this is impossible to yeah. read. That's, like, the hardest part. It's interesting, because, like, I feel like if I went back to Extreme, I would use the background videos as, like, visual cues for, like, a BPM change or, like, a uh, rhythm change or something. Like, because I, like, like, I know when I was playing Little Bitch, like, I, the background would change at certain times where the BPM drifted. So, I'd look at the background, and when it drift, when it changed, I knew that I was going to go in a different <laughs> direction. I would like to use the background videos as cues. Weird stuff. Uh, hey, uh, just a crazy. Quick note though, we we don't cuss on this show. You said the title of that song. Oh yeah, I didn't know if that would be bad because it was a title. No, or I, not. I'm I'm just fucking with you. We don't. Care. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna say because I don't know if it's a big deal or not. <laughs> no, we're we're in casual mode. We're none of we're us have pants mode. on right now. Um, it's I'm wearing just... PJs. I got Feeling. shorts. I'm in I'm in my my dance game shorts in the in the mood for dancing. I'm gonna decline to comment. Yeah, I'm I'm a little bit jealous because all all three of you you guys have uh, machines accessible to play right now. Um, in case anybody's listening to this, uh, like three years from now, this is during the great quarantine of 2020. Yes. Um. So it's we're great. We're all recording remotely and um. I do not have access to dance games, but um, so so. How, how did you move from your uh, your soft pad setup to kind of what you got now? Like, did wow, that those are some that's stories. But like, I mean, I think with just like all the machine owners and 
good players. Like it just comes with like little bits, like day by day, time after time, like things happen and things change and evolve. Like, I mean, the the more um, simple question, I right, I guess I guess the more complicated, really, but um, a more direct question would be like, how would I move from soft pads DDR to just becoming like an ITG tech player 100%, which I'm something that we'll get to later. But to get to the machines, it's like our area, Pittsburgh, um, for those who are unaware, we have been completely dry on DDR mixes for like years. It's been over a decade, actually, since we've had a DDR cabinet that was either usable or new. So it was one of those things where I didn't have an option. Like we, um, I really liked, I always liked DDR a lot as a game, um, even when I moved to playing ITG. Um, so when we didn't have access to DDR anymore, I just was out of options. I had to, if I wanted to keep playing and I was, I really wanted to keep playing some type of dance game. I, and I do like pump for what it is, but it's just not my thing as much. So I went and bought an upgrade in 2012. Um, this was right after fun. This was two years after fun for all, which if you are unfamiliar with it, it's a um, local to Pittsburgh arcade that had supernova two and extreme. And the cabinets were really good back then. Like in 2009, 10, they were really nice cabinets for the time being. Um, and on Monday nights it was five cents to play nickel night. So it was what? like crazy to go there. Like I would go there every, I was in college. I'd go there every single Monday and I would just spend like three bucks and grind for like hours. It was crazy. It was awesome. But then they sold, and this is the story that we've all probably heard from other arcades, they sold their SN2 to buy a DDR-X uh, Raw Thrills cab. No! And the rest is <laughs> and history. And that was the end of that. Yeah. So basically what happened was we all stopped going because I was kind of done with Extreme, to be honest. We didn't have Extreme Pro or anything like that yet. So I didn't really go because like, I didn't see the incentive to go. Like Doubles was okay, but not a good enough reason to go every week. Um, so eventually they sold X, like, probably six months into having it maybe a year at most and then extreme just whittled away because nobody went anymore and that was our last good cabinets beer valley mall nearby they had a max two and an itg2 upgrade which was pretty cool but they ended up selling those for the same reason everyone just quit and then um we actually were besides chicago and maybe california i'm not sure california's that you guys probably know better than me how many machines they had for itg but we had like i actually counted we had eight dedicabs within like a 30, mi- 30 minute like radius, it was like insane. There oh, was like, wow. th- there was three a mile apart from each other. So I naturally just went to that game because I didn't even have a choice. Like even if I wanted to play DDR, my options were gone. So I was like, I want to play four panel. There's no extreme, there's no um, SN2 or you know anything else. So I was like, I guess I'm going to play that now. And then soon after that, 2012, they all went away. Like the- people st- kept buying the Dedicabs and then we were dry on machines. We had nothing. So that's when I bought my upgrade in 2012 um, and converted it to uh, uh, SM 3.95 ITG. So Whatever you want to call it. Yeah, it was whatever. I don't even know what it was. It was an open o- ITG. It was something. Open source dance game simulator. Yeah, because when we bought the machine, um, it was a very sketchy purchase, and I didn't do enough research. I was noob to buying machines, but um, I didn't know this. The uh, right pad didn't work at all. Like, literally didn't work. Um, I had people that were, like, really good electrical engineers come over and try to diagnose it. We couldn't figure it out. The I.O. board checked out, but none of the pads, none of the arrows worked at all. And we couldn't, no matter what we did, we couldn't figure it out. So my roommate, who is a very good engineer, Tom Nobar, (laughs) he actually took every sensor and wired them directly to a a control bot, like a controller, like a control circuit board. 
and then plugged it into USB to a 3.95. <laughs> so wow. I had to, so I basically had to quit playing DDR because I couldn't do that on Extreme anyway. So I I wanted to play Extreme at first because I had it, you know, but I couldn't. <laughs> so yeah, I've always been forced out of DDR. It seems it seems like it was like my destiny to like move away from it. <laughs> Just move to move to ITG. So yeah. how, so how close is like the closest uh, Ace Cab to you guys now? We are very lucky, and we have an Ace Cab at Dave and Buster's, which is in uh, right outside the city of Pittsburgh, and it's 25 minutes from me now. Obviously, we can't go to it because of the situation, but it was pretty cool having a machine. Like, I was, I'm so invested into this ITG now that it, it's hard to get myself to like jump ship and play it. But I do, I did go down there probably like once a week or once every other week just to mess around. It was so crowded with new players, which is great. Like, don't get me wrong, I love that. I love seeing people play. But it's just hard to play, you know, like there's you're waiting in line for several, several hours at times, even just to get a couple sets in. And it, to me, it just wasn't my thing. Um, yeah, we know how that is. I mean, it's fun to play. <laughs> like, Roger, every time, every time, every time I hear or every time I see like a lot of people in line or I hear stories like Kyle's, I always think of Roger's tweet with like community growth is good. <laughs> because it's true it's like you say if they're good at teeth right it's like you selfishly want to play all the time but at the same time the game can't continue to come out with new versions unless there's money being like fed into the the ip so it's great that there's new players so i don't know i just think it's funny i I like it way more for them to have access to something so they can grow as players and grow as a community more than like me playing myself like if i never get to play ace again I would just kind of accept it, but I'd feel bad if suddenly no one in Pittsburgh could play it again. Like that's yeah. kind of like my take on it. I, I think that the, we kind of like lost the community, like the discoverability aspect, I guess, of ITG. Now that so many of the, the machines are like owned privately that mm-hmm. like, unless you happen to know somebody, like you're not going to get into the game really. Like, I don't even know how new ITG players get into the game now probably just the same way that we got into step mania where like you know you you know about ddr and then you go online and you like read ddr websites and then you find out about step mania and like nowadays it's like you look at you look at the ddr wikipedia page and in the groove is on there right like so you're gonna click on it maybe but i don't know it just seems like if you search for a ddr player on Twitter or on YouTube, like if you search for like Chris for Life on YouTube, there's going to be videos of him playing DDR and videos of him playing ITG because they're the same game. But like it seems like it it, it has to happen like that. Yeah, right? yeah. I, I I just wonder like it doesn't quite have the same like organic discoverability as like just being at going to the arcade or you're at the mall and you see it and then like you start talking to the people there and and. So it's, I think it's just like a little bit different now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, speak is, on behalf cool. of my experience with it. Like I just remember back when I was in like 10th grade and, you know, I was like, man, I really don't know how to do, I think it was like max unlimited. You know, I didn't know how to do the slowdown when I was like trying to figure it out. I was like, I wish I could play it differently than on the home version. And then that's when people were like, oh, you can play it on the computer on Step Mania. So like, I think that was the way I discovered it was just like word of mouth like i didn't actually research it at all like i just kind of like my friend in school like oh just get step mania you can learn charts on there and then you can play daikin kai as much as you want and i'm like great <laughs> <laughs> without paying any money sweet oh, man of taste i see <laughs> i mean let's be honest that was 2003 probably in a nutshell for all of us like w- nerdy weird kids that were walking around my school so 
I can't tell you how many times my friends probably played Daikin Kai, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Well, um, I, so I, I, oh, the, the, I I just think uh, this would be a, a nice segue into one of the questions that we got on Discord um, sure. from Luke Luke Revolution. Um, he says that for somebody who's mostly played DDRA and Extreme, like, what's a good way to get into ITG, um, assuming they have a, you know, a home setup now, like. You know, there, there, there's so many new packs and everything. Like, you know, how how would a new player kind of get immersed in in the current like ITG um, scene? I guess. Um, I think that I this may not be news to some of the people that are going to be listening, but um, the ITG is a game that has become so divided in so many directions that it's like people are so specific in what they play and how they play. There are very few people that play everything that is all encompassing in the game there. I can't, I can probably think of three people, not even including myself that play stamina related, like, like hard content for passing. And then also play super technical tight timing windows, like technique. Like I can't think of more than like three people that do that. So my suggestion up front would be, to figure out what is appealing to you, right? Like, I don't find going for pure passing, uh, like, that's not something I enjoy. Like, that's just a personal preference. Like, there's nothing against anyone who does that. Just like there's nothing against people who play Pump or DDR. It's just like a different, it's almost like a different game. Like, we yeah. don't call it a different game, but I, it basically is a different game in the sense that when you break down what a game is, a game has... A, a game has to have a way that you win and a game a way that you lose and there has to be a way that you play it a certain way and stamina all three of those factors are completely different than timing like in my opinion like in the timing tech community we don't care about passing we don't care about certain parameters of the game that's provided for it by default we just go for what is the best way the most optimal way for me to get the perfect score that i can get and then stamina is the opposite, where no matter what judgments they're getting or how they play, they want to just get through the, the most dense charts they can. So my first response to that, the long way of saying it, is just like figure out what appeals to you first and then go from there. If you are the kind of person that wants to get into the tech game, I mean, I could tell you about that all day and night. Um, there's plenty of packs out there that have lower difficulties now. Um, if you go into like DDR ITG players on Facebook, if you go onto even... Um, even like old sites still have packs being hosted sometimes, like AIJ, which is crazy to say. Isn't there? There's uh, itgpacks.com actually. Yep, that's um, a new one too. Um, that, that that's a good source. I'm gonna be honest, I've never used it because I always get every pack sent to me before they release it. So like they always just directly <laughs> send it to me, so I just have it. So like I never actually used it, but that is you're right. That is a really good source. Um, and what's really nice about the lower difficulties, and I've been encouraging this for a long time. Um, they've been putting techniques into lower charts like there's sevens with like quarter note and eighth note foot switches there's sixes and sevens with crossovers that feel weird if you don't cross them over stuff like that so it's nice like to get the fundamentals down even brackets i've seen like eights with brackets in them now that obviously you could jump them but they're a good learning tool so even surprisingly the lower charts in all these packs that are on that site and various sites um do have uh tech in the lower charts to help you build up to the high stuff um for stamina I can plus one this because like my girlfriend she's like in that range right now like six to eight itg six to eight mm-hmm. and she goes on and on like talking about how like 
much more sense uh like all the icg packs make compared to like when we're practicing ddr charts and she's picking the lowers on that so it's really interesting how like i think people are really really thoughtful with like lowers now also which is like if you're a newish player uh itg is now more accessible i think than ever uh, at least in the custom kind of tech community yeah sure. um ecfa 2019 when i was doing that i had a lower division that was sevens through low tens and every chart in there had some type of element like there was like little sets of three sixteenths like those kind of basic which are like really hard for new players like i remember struggling mm -hmm. a lot like that with that kind mm -hmm. of thing a lot um even like eighth note jacks which i mean i like this i'm like going back and forth a little bit here but i remember when i started playing dance games like r3 was like hard like i couldn't do those jacks like, i couldn't even wrap my head around it right like i would just see it and, like freak out i'd be like passing eights but failing r3 and i'm like wait what am i doing so it's it's good to have like purposely made charts to say, okay, this is a chart to practice jacks. This one to practice crossovers. That way, when you go up to the nines and tens, it's be you build up. Like a lot of people, um, unfortunately, they'll go from DDR to ITG without learning that type of tech, and then they'll try to jump right into the into the juice. They'll go right into these hard elevens and twelves, and then they're <laughs> overwhelmed and they're like, oh, this game is too hard or too frustrating. In reality, I understand that because of how you approached it. But if you kind of back down a little bit and just get the fundamentals going those because just like with ddr you learn how to cross over before you try rhythm police i mean same mm -hmm. thing goes for that i mean that's I made mean, probably nobody crosses that over anymore but you get the idea <laughs> like, you know you build the fundamentals but you can yes and you should <laughs> <laughs> you definitely like i encourage that all the time it's it's like a lot of people cheat crossovers in every game and by cheating i mean like double stepping or whatever right but i think we can all agree that at least I hope so, that it's really important to at least know how to do the technique before you learn how to cheat it. Like, even some of the best players I know at ITG, like Rob Oaken, he, like, double-steps everything, and he's insane, he's a monster, but he knows how to do the technique, which is what's important, right? Like, because you can make the conscious decision to do or not do a technique. <laughs> and that's, I think that's really important. I think it's a good fundamental. He's such a crazy example. When I watch his videos, I and uh, you can find him on YouTube by searching Max Storm uh, with two X's. When I watch his videos, I literally can't comprehend how he's not crossing over. Yeah, I, and he I just don't. like he, he's he's his FA is so strong, it's insane. It's absolutely ridiculous. Yep. Um, I want to go back to something you said, Kyle, because I think it's uh, I think it's like very revealing uh, for maybe people that don't know you. So. You said that everybody kind of sends you their packs so you don't really have to download them. Yeah, not as so often. So why, why is that the case? And uh, <laughs> let's let's maybe roll it back to, like, you know, ITG, official ITG's gone with mm -hmm. the lawsuit, which you can Google and, and, you know, look at Wikipedia and stuff. And then you sometime later start ECFA, right? Yes. So how do maybe those two things relate to each other? Oh yeah, they relate. They're one hundred percent related, so, of course. So, so tell us a little bit about those things. Well, okay. So I guess this is going to be a long, might be a long story, but that's um, what you're here for. Yeah, <laughs> I have a lot of stories to tell because I, I like talking about these stories because they're they're always kind of hilarious and they're just like I can't ever forget these moments, like the ones I mentioned. It's almost earlier. like Dalton had a plan when he was like, "Let's get Kyle on." <laughs> like, so let so let me start out by saying. Um, when it comes to like the ITG versus DDR like debate or comparison or whatever you want to call it, whatever one, I mean, they both sound kind of negative, but you understand where I'm coming from. There are people the conversation. Used to the people used to debate that all the time, right? Like go back to 2006 for a second. 
people are constantly talking about which game is better, right? They're like, oh, this game's better, this game's better, blah, 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 whatever. My opinion, as Roger said, and that's why it was really funny. He said, I wanted to say something, but I, w- but I figured I'd save it. He's right. They are the same game. <laughs> they are the exact same game. I'll tell you why they're the exact same game. Because it's a game that has music that we mostly enjoy while we get a physical <laughs> workout and we step on arrows most of the time to the music. It's not that much different of a game. And there's four of them. Wow, what do you know? Um, hey, so like, cardinal like, directions. Like, aesthetically, it's different. Aesthetically, but, it's very different. you know, like... I think it's really, it's hard to argue that it's not the same thing because the input is exactly the same. (laughs) It's like pump it up in DDR. Like, though, I think an onlooker would say that that they're the same. And there's plenty of, plenty of ways that you could say that they are the same. DDR Um, level Asian. But (laughs) with, with ITG and DDR, it's like even closer than that. I mean, if you go on YouTube and type in, I think it's like, best DDR players ever or something like that. You get a picture of Justin Webb's AK Master Flip and Kaya playing ITG2 at, in Cleveland at the All-American Sports Center. So clearly people are already confusing. Though this is in the groove really big on the side because this was in 2007, but that's besides the point. Um, I guess what I want to say, though, is that like the way I want... The reason why I play ITG, and I think a lot of people do, and this is in no way to discredit DDR in any way, shape, or form. But the way I view ITG is it's the game that I wish DDR did more of. Like, it has ideas and things that we can do that I wish DDR had done first, right? Like, I think that it's like, I mean, it sounds like I'm kind of dissing DDR, which I'm not trying to, but it, it's, I just, I, I, ITG is the game that I wish DDR was more like, right? Like, DDR has done a lot of improvement. I can't deny that at all. I think we can all agree that between speed modifiers, screen filters, charting, like the timing feeling more accurate, the cabinets just feeling better, like everything about improved like tenfold since 10 years ago. But the reason why I was so like into the game was because I'm like, I was just so tired of feeling like there's just things about this game that are good. I like this game. I like DDR, but I just wish they did just this little thing differently just to make it a little more appealing, not just for me, but for other people to give it some more replay value or give it a little more fairness. And that's kind of where that went. Like I just always viewed it like the game was great with some flaws. Let's try try to find a way to adapt it in our own custom world. Um, I view ITG, to be honest, as a training tool. Like I think that if you're a DDR player and you want to be better at that, you should use ITG as a tool to get better at the game and maybe even vice versa. I think the other way around works too. I think getting really good DDR transitions very well. I've seen some crazy scores from exclusive DDR players. I mean, you guys here included, I mean, like Roger, you have crazy like white counts and Omid, you're destroying the ECFA qualifiers as we speak. I think the skill transitions both games. I'm playing right now, bro. Yo, (laughs) hang on. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I guess like, that's why I feel like they're so they're they're basically the same game. I just think that ITG is a tool like to get better at four panel. Period. Yeah, like, I I think it. Uh, and we we've talked about that a little bit before. Like ITG is the hyperbaric time chamber that like you just if you like really focus on playing ITG, like you're gonna get 
even better at DDR, like, a lot faster, which is, like, a, even, like, a lot of the really good DDR players now, the reason why we're so good is because we spent 10 years or whatever playing ITG stuff. Like, yeah. um... That, I think a lot the, of times it just... There's, like, a ton of different reasons why that happens, and obviously practice is... Practicing harder stuff is, is one of them, but there's also, like, because there's so much more tech possible in ITG and because things tend to be a lot harder just in general, your, your like, confidence level and, like, your ability, like, your your judgment of what's hard, like, changes drastically. So, like, yeah. if, you're, if you're used to playing, like, 12s and 13s on ITG, like, and you go and you, you play, like, a DDR 17 or something, it's not going to freak you out in the same way that it would mm -hmm. if you, like, had never seen that stuff before or if you were only playing DDR. I remember, like, when we were, when we only had Extreme, like, Max Unlimited was impossible and PSMO was impossible. And then, you know, we, ITG comes out and we play, like, Vertex and Pandemonium and, and everything and then we're just like, oh, I see. Like, it's, it wasn't <laughs> actually that Pandemonium hard. Pandemonium for the first time was ridiculous. Was yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I think kind of, Kyle, as you were saying earlier, um, you know, to your point about like, oh, I couldn't do Jax in R3. It's like, okay, there's only so many songs in DDR that have Jax or whatever. Whereas like now in ITG, you can make as many charts as you want that like to focus on a specific skill set at different BPMs and like whatever patterns you want and, you know, all sorts of other things that like you can really, really hone in and like refine those skill sets um, like really, um, what's the word? Like methodically or like intentionally, like deliberately. Yeah, deliberately. Um, that, that I think that that plays a lot into it too. And I mean, I think that's why ITG. And we talked about this with Leon two weeks ago. That I think that's why ITG appeals to people. And like that's what appeals. I mean, I don't get to play it that much. Um, but when I do, I really like it for that that point. That like you can just pick. Like, there's in basically infinite choices of, like, what you want to play. And it's like, oh, I want to play fast stuff. I want to play crossover-y stuff. I want to play this, yeah. you know? Um, so, I, yeah, I think that that's, that's a little bit uh, part of it, too. Yeah. ITG is just really, like, honestly, like I said, it's a, it's a way to just... I view ITG not as the game that you play to get good at ITG. I view it as the game you play to get good at four-panel, period. Like, that's... Sounds mm -hmm. kind of weird, but that's just like the way I view it. I don't view it as ITG anymore, honestly. I view it as a way to get better at hitting up, down, left, right accurately and in different ways. Like, because those skills carry with me to DDR. Like, I my only reason why I'm not that great at DDR, my play is just chart familiarity. But you know, like being able to do drills and you know crossovers in DDR are more natural because I have to do really hard ones that are ridiculous sometimes in ITG. Um, now you said something that was really interesting and I wish more people thought like this, that people pur will purposely play charts with certain skill sets to hone in and increase that skill set. Some people do that for sure. But the one problem with the game that's so open source is that people become way too comfortable. They get in a comfort zone of wanting to play the same old straightforward stuff and they don't want to get out of their bubble, you know, and, you know, I think we've all been there to an extent and, I can definitely say I have, so this is going to be kind of going to another story about me, was there was a time 
you know, I don't know if you guys were like this at all, but when I was playing DDR at the start, I was going for nothing but triple A's, PFCs, but triple A's at the time, you know, on like sixes, sevens, eights, what have you, way back. And um, I completely ignored the tens folder, like all the time, you know, like I was able to triple A like probably a hundred songs on extreme without even doubling any of the tens. Like I couldn't even do that. I was too much in a comfort zone. I was too much in my own bubble. I just wanted to worry about triple A, look to the sky true color mix. And I didn't care about <laughs> doubling max 300. And you know what? It's done in my growth. Like, I feel like I would be a lot better today. Like overall, if I would have had the mindset I did now for the entire time I've been playing. I kept myself in a bubble for years. I just never improved. And as a result, if you guys know how I used to play the game, I used to stomp really hard. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. So the story behind that, which I'm sure you might be curious about, is when I started playing, nobody around me played um, with the bar. Okay. So none of my friends played with the bar. Only um, I only started doing it because one person came to, fun for, to a Beer Valley Mall tournament. It was Dan Alvarez. And um, he used the bar. That was the first person I ever watched use the bar. I'll never forget it. I have like a, like a very distinct memory about this. You know, we're all playing one X on whatever. And he just rolls up and picks like La Copa de la Vida. And he throws that on three X and grabs the bar. And I'm just like looking around. I'm like, you guys seeing this? Like, that's flying. I'm like, that guy, that dude's cheating up there. (laughs) That's what I was thinking. Like, and then, and then afterwards I'm like, that's not cheating, I guess because he's doing it and no one's not the judgments are still happening so i guess he's not cheating <laughs> i'm gonna start doing that so dan alvarez stomped quite a bit so i stomped quite a bit and uh i was still the only one that did that used the bar for about six months around me like we were so isolated i never learned the right way to play so when i went to an ohio tournament the first one might have been the one roger was at too I was like stomping the arrows. I was like, who is this guy? And why is he doing that? I'm like, I thought this is what you did. I don't know. I thought this was the right way to play. I'm sorry. <laughs> Everyone's like making fun of me for it. I felt like humiliated about it. Cause like everyone was like literally making fun of me for it. Cause I mean, we were all like 16 years old. So like that shouldn't be that surprising for that age group. But th- I'm telling that story because it kind of segues into why ECFA happened. Um, I, I know that people, I, I know. Well, what does it stand for? What does it stand for? East Coast Fantastic Attack, which okay. was originally a joke tournament. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll talk about that first. It was originally a joke yeah, tournament because yeah. uh, East Coast Stamina existed already, which was all the really good stamina players for ITG on the East Coast would compete in a tournament that was based purely on stamina. And I was like, I'm going to have an East Coast FA. Almost like, I wouldn't call it like a, it's like almost like, not like a parody, but like, I don't know. Kind of like an a homage. nod to it. Yeah, it I guess like an yeah, homage. It was like a riff. It was supposed yeah, to be yeah. kind of like a joke, I guess. But mm-hmm. it bl- it was so successful that people demanded more. So I just <laughs> became like, just kept doing it. Like I just never stopped. Everyone just always wanted more of it. So I just became way more into running those tournaments. Um, but the reason why these tournaments happened was because I was so tired of everybody, including myself here, being in this bubble of like, oh, let's just play these comfortable songs and never improve. Like... Not They don't think that, but that's what they're doing to themselves. So the whole point of ECFA is to force people outside that comfort zone. Like, if you want to enter ECFA and you want to do well, you don't have a choice but to learn how to do these crazy turns. You don't have a choice but to learn how to do these brackets. Like, I'm throwing this your way and, like, spoon-feeding it to you because I want you to do it. Not to make you angry. Some people get angry. They do. 
but it's to make you get better because it's something that I wish I did. I wish that I could go back to 2003 or 2004 and just play Max Street 100 all day. Um, one person that comes to mind, as silly as it sounds, is Kevin Bodie. His fifth AAA was uh, Beloved. And I remember he told me that, like, wait, like, you know, like probably 12 years, 13 years ago now. And I said, like, how did you do that so quickly? You know, I couldn't even do the step jumps to like 30 triple A's in, to be honest. And he's like, well, I just played a lot of Max 100 and a lot of Max Unlimited and a lot of LOM. And I'm like, huh, that makes a lot of sense, actually. It's like, <laughs> I'm like, it makes sense because when you go back to the sevens, eights, and nines, they're easy. He's like, yeah. And I'm like, huh. Why didn't I do that? So ECFA is kind of like meant to not like force you in a, in the nicest way possible to be outside your comfort zone. And like, if you want to be playing with the best, you need to learn everything and it will make you better. It'll make you stronger. Like there are like all the divisions in the tournament are really sometimes mentally taxing, physically taxing, but they're there to help you. It's not to hurt you. It's always just to help you because I wish I had somebody forcing that on me. You know, I think I, like I said, I could be better today if I would have had that mindset. Um, so, so what, what's, what's kind of the, the format of the tournament? Is it, uh, it, there's like a remote qualifying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's changed over the years a little bit. Um, but generally there are th now, now that there used to only be two, but now there's three parts of the tournament. Um, there's a tournament part that I call the hard FA, which are charts that are just hard to get fantastics on. Um, not necessarily when Truth. I say yeah, when, I, when I say hard, I guess Truth. like I guess the average person may think when I say hard, I mean like block difficulty. Um, my event block difficulties are always between ten, like nines to fourteens at most, because I don't think the community is good enough to the point that we can put in like crazy fifteens and sixteens, and then we can actually do them. I don't think anyone's at that level. Um, that's a conversation for like down the road, I guess, if it ever gets that far. Um, so the hard FA division is just hard, charts that are really hard to time, um, usually heavy on tech, heavy on foot speed, heavy on bursts, heavy on rhythms, whatever. And um, the it's a Swiss-style tournament. So top 16 get into the tournament. So I do a remote qualifier. 16 people make it in. And uh, it's a Swiss tournament. So in a Swiss format, you always are playing four matches, no matter what seed you are. And your matches as you go through Swiss, for those who don't know, they get closer and closer. So ninth seed plays 16, eighth plays 15, etc. And then the next round, you play this, a person with the same ranking as you. That is in the exact 50% um, up seed slot. So it works out that as long as you're not throwing matches, which I don't know why you would, you always are playing a player that's close to your skill level. Um they should all the matches should get progressively better. Like your last match is your theoretical best match. Um, one reason why I started doing Swiss is because I always loved the idea of making sure all my matches in a tournament are as fair as possible. I don't think anybody here likes going to an event. I mean, maybe you do. I don't. And either being so good at, compared to your opponent, you just blow them out of the water and it's just a waste of time or the opposite where you're a lot worse and you just get blown away and you're wasting your time and they're wasting their time. You know, I don't think anybody likes that. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to feel that. No, and it, it, it doesn't make for great spectating either. Really. No, it, it's like, I'll get into what I th I'll get into my tournament philosophy after this, but, um, cause there's a lot I like to say about that. That's kind of like my big thing I like to talk about, but, um, so that's what the hard FA is. It's just normal fantastics. One V one. Um, but I will say this, ECFA 6 and 7 are both team-based. Um, 
I started doing teams instead of every man for himself, 16 man. It's now eight first eight teams. And we did eight first eight last year as the first time UCFA six. I was a little skeptical, but it turned out to be the biggest success. Like I could have ever hoped for like every single match mattered. Right. Because like, you know, like even if I don't know this person super well, we're not like super tight, but they're on my team. If I watch, if their matches up, like I got, I want to watch. You know what I mean? Like I'm invested because if they win, that's a win for my team, right? And you root them on. Like there was so much positive energy. Like people were like watching every FA plus, every hard FA. Everyone was just watching everything, and it was like super awesome to see that. Like I, I don't like going to tournaments and just watching a low seed feel like their match doesn't matter. It has no importance. Like I mean, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't have importance to like every spectator. They only care about the top eight or whatever. But in this, like, the 16th seed mattered. In fact, my team won because our 16th seed had a couple upsets. Like, that's, like, a big deal. That's, like, a very rewarding feeling, being the lowest out of 16, but winning it for your team virtually. That's, like, a yeah. really good feeling. That's sick. Yeah, that's awesome. That, that reminds me of the, um, the was it the Valkyrie Arena tournament? Or mm-hmm. As- Ascension? Uh, like, team tournament that was uh, near here in, in San Jose uh, not too long ago that you know, they also had had teams like that, and everyone was, like, so invested the whole tournament yep. because just for that reason, like, you know, you, you're rooting along your friends, and, like, even if you're, like, rooting along, like, one, you know, one side or the other, like, you care about every single match. So yep. I think that's definitely sort of the, the plus side of the uh, the team tournaments. I'm, I'm glad that, like, I actually didn't even know that uh, ECFA was, was a team uh, tournament sort of yeah, thing like that it is now because i i wanted to try it as an experiment and then i noticed over the last couple of years like the lower seats kind of like i don't want to say they gave up on trying but they felt less like they cared about doing well they didn't prepare as much but this time the lower seeds like really prepared and i know they did because they knew that because if you're 16th seed you're theoretically going to go oh and four like that's just the way swiss works right there's always gonna be an oh and four and a four and oh so if you're the lowest seed, you're theoretically going to be the worst player. That's just the way it works. But if you get one win, that's really big. That means that your team automatically is ahead because of that one win, like by a pretty decent margin. So the next set um, is the FA+. Plus. Now, the FA+, Plus timing window, for those who aren't aware, is 12.5 milliseconds. To give you an idea, I think that, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't DDR Marvelous round 16 or 17? If you were to like equate it to milliseconds or am yeah, I wrong I, about that? I think that? it's 16.7 or something, right? Yeah, I knew it was in that ballpark. So it's tighter than that. Um, so Marvelouses are already really hard to get in a lot of situations. So try to imagine doing that on some of the charts that are in this. But these charts aren't meant to be like MFC-able, right? They're meant to be like, do the best that you can. Like no one can get all blues on anything really. Um, For not, now. Not proven anyway. <laughs> so the idea is everyone plays individually, you get a set of songs. Um, last year, I did it. I'm doing it differently this year, but last year I did. Uh, there was a nines, tens, elevens, twelves, and a bonus. And you played one any song you wanted from a nine, ten, eleven, twelve, and the bonus. You play. Um, you have to do five scores. Um, pick whatever song you want, whichever one best fits your skill set, whichever one that you think you could do the best on, and then you get two replays. So if you don't like your nine, you can play the nine again. Or you can play the nine twice in a row if you want, or three times in a row even. But then both your replays are gone. Um, and then it's blue percentage. So that way the songs that have heavier steps aren't weighted more. 
because it's based on a percentage of the blues that you get. So I like that set a lot because FA plus is a lot of, it's very stressful. If you've never tried it, it's, it feels very stressful. It feels really good when you do well. Like if you get a good run, it feels like you feel like you're on top of the world, honest to God. Like it's like, it's like invigorating, but when you do bad, it is demoralizing. I'm just going to be the first to tell you, because if I have a bad FA plus day, I'm like, that's the kind of game I like to play. Yeah. It feels, it feels bad. But it's just meant to, to sorry, be. Just to backtrack <laughs> a little bit, just, just for people who aren't familiar with with, we're, we're saying blues and whites. So. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, it, it's it, it's cool. Um, but yeah, can you just kind of explain yeah. what like blues and whites means and percentage and and all that? I keep forgetting I'm talking to not just you three. Um, so yeah, so a blue. So basically, the FA Plus window. There's the normal windows, which are fantastic, excellent, great. And then we turn off the other two, and then we have misses. Uh, blue fantastics are boys. are a tighter fantastic window. So the other weights are the other windows are the same size, which is twenty three point five milliseconds for the normal fantastic, and then I think it's like forty three for excellent. Great's enormous, doesn't matter. <laughs> it's like one forty or something, but blue is twelve point five. And if you're wondering why that number, um, I kind of decided on that number because. I think it was like, I can't believe it already, but it's been like five years, but five or six years ago, actually, Rhythm Horizon was first introduced as the game that was coming out soon. And everyone in the community that played ITG was all like, oh, we're going to jump ship and play that game. We're all going to play that game. We're not playing like Step Mania anymore. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess I should have the window be whatever Rhythm Horizons is. That way we can transition to that game easier and more smoothly. Well, it turns out, Rhythm Horizon has not been officially released yet. They still we're still working on the pads. The game is available to play, but it's not like an official release, so we're still waiting for that. And they even bumped their window up to 15 milliseconds, which I kind of really? had some influence on because they asked me about it, and I said 12.5 has been complained a lot in the ITG community that they think no. it's a little too RNG. And they made the decision to boot bump it up to 15, and... I've been in my Discord chat for a while discussing the FA Plus window, and that might get bumped to 15 to accommodate, but I haven't decided. I kind of just made the decision to call 12.5 for that transition. So to basically, long story short, if I say blues, that's what you want. If I say whites, you don't really want those that much, but there could be worse things that could happen. They're still good. So so, <laughs> uh, why are they the same... Um... You know, what, why are we distinguishing between blues and, and whites instead of, uh, you know, like fantastic and like some other word or, or judgment or something? Outstanding. Yeah. What, I'll tell you the reason Qu- why I like I, There's two reasons why I actually like it being the same word as weird as it sounds and un, unusual. Uh, first one is people that get more like people that are like not as good at, at timing are going to have so many different types of judgment flashing constantly that it's kind of distracting. And the fantastic being just a steady number or steady word rather, it feels a lot like less overwhelming on to, to read, at least in my opinion. Um, I think a lot of people have spoken about that being like kind of an overwhelming thing to like see it like constantly flickering between judgments. Like, I mean, if yeah, I, I just, it's, it's just like, a, a it's a lot to like process, but if you see like, the white flash instead of a blue flash, it feels less to think about. I don't know what, if that might be a placebo thing, but I've never, I've heard people no, say they sense. like that I think, more. I think DDR, I think that's probably one reason why when 
Marvelous wasn't enabled in DDR, that they didn't do that. Like, like they had the white flashes? I th- it just, like, even, even whenever I first started using Marvelous, I noticed that effect where it was just like, there's just so much stuff happening. And especially now with Ace, like playing DDR on Ace where you have, you have Marvelous and you have the fast slow and you have the, the Go pacemaker score. with the numbers and combo, you get which, the combo geez. and it's like, there's so much stuff going on. Yeah, I, I that, feel like, very overwhelmed when I'm playing DDR still, like even though I've been playing it off and on for my whole life, basically it still overwhelms me with all the stuff on that's happening. That I think like it, it definitely has that effect. Like personally, I like the maximalism. Like I think that that's one reason why like I prefer DDR over ITG is that you know just just fuck me up, fam. It's like you just <laughs> give me everything, which is again one reason why I like FA plus on ITG. I think like hearing that you might make the window fifteen milliseconds, mm-hmm. like like. That scares me. Yeah. Because, I'm... like, I, I know that Steve Reen has been working on some new uh, timing thing yes. as well. A new and his And his, ty- his, like, uh, his top window is, like, 16 milliseconds or something. It, I think it goes pretty... I think it's pretty evenly distributed. I think it's, like, 1530 and then, like... But, like, to me, it's, like, one of the, one of the coolest parts about FA+, Plus, and I'm just going to talk about this for a few minutes... Um, is that it's like the first time that we have a window on a game that we can actually play on the pad where the window is just so small that like you actually have to be like insanely good at the timing in order to get it. Mm-hmm. And maybe I just like it because I'm good at timing, but I think that like if everyone switched to a window that was pretty much the exact same as DDR, then... There's like some there's like some real like loss that would be that would be happening. Because like if 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 DDR had a sixteen millisecond window and FA plus was fifteen, which is basically sixteen, and Steve Reen's thing is, is fifteen or basically sixteen, it's like they're all marvelous. And where's where's the where's the small one, you know? And I think that like I think one of the things that makes FA plus feel like very in the spirit of ITG to me is that ITG was always about pushing the boundaries of this kind of thing. And the, like the ridiculously small window is like definitely pushing that boundary. Yeah. Um, I'm very torn to be honest with you. Like, like if, if you had to tell me to make a decision now, like I wouldn't be able to give it to you because I think there's a valid argument on both sides of the spectrum. Like I agree a hundred percent with the idea that, if you make it the same as DDRs virtually, then you're basically just playing DDR, like, which sounds kind of weird, but like you kind of like you're losing an appeal, right? Like yeah. that's almost that's like that's like saying like what if like DDR just started using the simply love theme? Like well then you're just playing ITG. It's like a similar concept. It's like you you might as well just play the other game then or something. There's nothing there's nothing that would draw me as a timing player to that or something that draws me to this. Um, I get that, um, but the, the I'm, I don't. Before I lose track, of what I was going to say about the other reason why I like the fantastic being a fantastic as well is, um, I've now I, I I did lose track of it. I it, had well, the, it, I had it, the idea and I lost it. it. It's it's <laughs> kind. Of, it reminds me of 2DX actually. Like 2DX has flashing greats and greats, and I think it's I think it's for the same reason that like it's such a tight timing window that like huh. if you had them as separate 
judgments, it would just be too jarring going back and forth so much. I, I think I just remembered why, actually, I do like it as that. Um, I actually view FA Plus in a different way, too. Um, and this is actually going to be added to this to Sim- uh, Simply Love's theme. Um, Steve Reen's actually working on it, too, which is pretty cool and nice of him to do. But um, we're, we're working on making it more of a mod. So if you're if for those who are not familiar with this, um, Simply Love has a built-in measure counter. So if there's a measure of sixteenths, it'll show a number on the screen for how many measures of sixteenths there are in a row before there's a break. Um, and we are kind of going to convert FA Plus to being a mod. So what does that mean exactly? It means that like you can turn on and off FA Plus in the middle of the song, or not in the middle of the song, oh, the middle sick. of the mod screen, and it would show up as a separate number. Like you still would get the judgment. But it won't. The score won't be this. The score will be different and separated, and the percentage of blues will be on the screen too. Yeah, I was so, going to ask about that. Is I, I always thought that that would be something that's really cool. That would be really cool. Is like to show the percentage of whites to blues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what we're going to add. Um, so I view, that I view, awesome. I view FA Plus as like a mod, like almost like a measure counter for stamina. Like I just, it's almost like I view FA Plus as like blues are theoretically what you want to get when you play any chart. But you, whites are still okay because it's still the default fantastic window in ITG. So the question is, how good are your fantastics? Like I view it as like a modifier, like to help you keep in the window a little bit, not necessarily to deem you as being bad at timing because you got more whites than the other player, but more like you were closer in that fantastic window. I view it more as a mod, um, which is not necessarily um, a, that different, I guess, than just what you described, but. Um, I like the idea that it's once again pushing outside your comfort zone. So, like, if I can get all Fantastics on every official nine, how good are my Fantastics? Like, am I actually getting the best possible Fantastic I can, or am I almost getting excellence all the time? You know, like, bet if you went and played something crazy that's annoying the time, like, wake up, suddenly you probably won't be getting very good white counts because it's hard. It, it adds difficulty. It makes it so. I have a reason to go back and play easiest pie. I have a reason to go back and play old charts that I've quoted because I have that extra layer of information now, which is why I like FA plus and why I view it as a mod more than anything. Not because it's also, so also it, with, with them being the same word, it feels more optional. Yeah. You don't and feel like you're like, doing something wrong by not playing with it. I don't want people to get yeah, the impression like, that I'm doing it wrong by not using yeah. it. Um, so I kind of want to, uh... Oh yeah. You have something you want to add? I, I just have like yet another take which is like i was thinking that a gamer mode steve reen's mode would just replace normal itg and fa plus would remain unchanged because i feel like itg is really like base itg is the real is to, in my opinion the thing that needs to evolve mm-hmm. and that would be awesome to make it more hard like ddr um but i kind of agree with like what's been said which is like I, I agree with you and Roger. Like, I think that it's kind of a mod uh, on the Fantastic, but also, like, I would be sad if it was taken away. I think gamer mode just needs to replace base ITG. Yeah. And FA Plus needs to stay as, like, you know, the, the ultimate peak of testing your ability, like Roger was I th- saying. I think the the argument that there's, like, RNG involved is, like, definitely valid because there, there are people that, like, I know, like, 9Volt, he, for some, like... F- on his machine, he just, like, couldn't get, like, Blue Fantastics very well. And it's just, like, it just was not clear why. And it 
could just be that like there's some particulars of the software and the hardware you put together and it just like doesn't allow you to get uh to operate at that resolution where it's like you know you just can't do it yeah yeah. you need a little bit of a a buffer built in like (laughs) judge window add um built in to compensate yeah i mean there is i think an a, a limit of um the the hardware and software capabilities and stuff like that yeah, the other thing I wanted to say, too, is that you said RNG, which is a really good word um, to use. That's what I was going to say, was one reason why I'd be afraid of making FA Plus in any way standardized as the main thing is that suddenly these ridiculous, hard, technical 13s and 14s become very RNG. Like, if you are doing, like, some crazy tech and, and foot speed and bursts and drills at high BPMs, and you get into the white window, it's basically impossible to know and adjust quickly enough right like if you're playing ddr and you get a perfect now you can adjust that pretty easily i feel or if you're playing on white F or blue fa and you're playing like a nine or ten you could probably adjust that pretty quickly i mean i know i do but as soon as i'm playing something like ridiculous it just becomes it feels random it feels like i just i can't control what's happening and yeah i like to think i'm a good enough timing player at fa plus that i feel like i should be able to understand what i'm doing but one it becomes a little unfun and two, it starts negating these really hard charts. And I think that's an appealing thing about the game is being able to like do some crazy, like pump it up style charts. Like I mean, honestly, they really do feel like really high end pump charts sometimes, and it, it loses that appeal if you make it a standardized. So the gamer mode, FA plus standardization is one of those things where like I'm kind of torn because I think there's two sides to that coin. I just think having the option for FA plus slash gamer mode and then normal ITG is good to have, which is. What kind of leads into my third part of my tournament, which was something we talked about like a long time ago, but I'll, I'll finish that and then we can move on to other stuff. Uh, it's called HS, which is originally short for horseshit because I want it to be kind of a joke tournament where you put in like the craziest stuff that exists in the game that's been stepped. But then it became like something people like took seriously <laughs> because the charts, I started making them good. Most of the time, sometimes they weren't. Well, last year we had some funny charts in there, which I'll get to soon. But the idea of that is it's a, the first two years we did, it was a gauntlet. And in the gauntlet, you played like, everyone picked a song from this giant pack and everyone had to play all eight songs in a row. And it was really, really hard and really, really tiring. Because there was like 14s in there that were like foot speed. And it was really painful. But last year, since it was team-based, I did it. So um, it was a 1v1 and you would... Yeah, or not 1v1, it was you picked a song and you didn't know who your opponent was till the day of the tournament. So like, so you played your song, you played a song that an opponent picked, but you don't know who picked it, and then you play a random, and you don't know what opponent's playing the random either. So you didn't know who your opponents were. So that was an interesting idea because it made it so you didn't know how much you needed to prepare. Like, for example, like if I'm, if I knew I was playing somebody that I'm, a lot higher seed then I might not put as much effort into learning a chart. But since I don't know who my opponent is, I'm going to put maximum amount of care into learning the chart so I can be fully prepared for who I play. Um, and that worked out pretty well. I think that like people really over-prepared for their charts and that was good. Like people went hard. Like, like even like the lower seeds were just like learning. I got there. I was watching people like I was watching Tom Prague play like end of line. And if you don't know that chart, it has like extremely, obnoxious long tower crossovers at 180 like 
it's so I, I can't even I played it today actually to be honest I, I couldn't even wrap my head around it and he's like killing it I'm like what he really like knows his stuff it's it's really cool like you really watch people like learn these crazy charts and like try to outdo their opponent and it's really it's a lot of fun but this year the uh, HS is going to be tag team so you and a partner <laughs> on your team are going to go up against two other people on the other team and you are not going to know what song is going to come up in your pool of songs given to you and each you and your partner have to play us four songs each so you tag in when you want to play a song but you have to both play four so you don't want to burn out you don't want to blow like one player on all the songs if you think there's one in there that could come up that you're not good at so yeah. I, 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 I i like the way that you're you're experimenting with um formats and stuff because like we've tried to do that with ddr and stuff um and there's been more team tournaments and things but yeah i just i really like your ideas around um that kind of stuff yeah, those are the three divisions. That's the whole tournament, the, and it's a point system. And whatever team gets the most points gets the gets the win. We we last year our theme was '90s, and our theme we did a '90s theme where we had like '90s stuff all over the house. And um, we did Legend Hidden Temple teams, and we were the Silver Snakes versus the Purple Parrots, and uh, Silver Snakes won. So nice. This year it's uh, space themed. So we. I hope to participate. I'm currently tied for tenth in the top 16 and it's rough competition yeah i was holding my own and then like, everyone just comes in with rough. like one one fantastic better and i'm like oh my god i have to go play it again now are you serious i just don't want to <laughs> i just really don't want to i'm done with it um so do are do you put together like solely do you put together the pack for for ecfa yeah or are there, I, there are other people involved with that um, I do all of ECFA. Uh, for Storm and Raj, I also run the ITG events um, at those tournaments for the last like f- several years, which I keep saying I'm not going to do that, but then I end up doing it anyway. Um, <laughs> I usually get some help with those because they're a lot more invested, and I like to get I like to get player feedback, like like um, both high end players and maybe on like middle middle tier to low tier players. I think all their inputs valid. Like I don't want to put a song in a tournament that's in the part of the tournament for like a lower player and not a single one of them even want to play it at all. Like that's a bad experience. I don't, if I'm going to curate something, I want everyone to have a decent experience, you know, like with what content they have to play in fair matches. Um, so. Yeah. So what, what do you look like or like, what, what do you look for in a chart? Like when you're putting together a pack like this? So one thing I'd like to do first is like, I, what, when I make a pack, I literally grab, if I need to make a 50 song pack, like for hard FA, for ECFA, I grab about 150 charts and I throw them into one folder. And then I just start, and then I make a, usually I'll make a spreadsheet and I'll just start labeling every single tech that's in every chart. Um, and then once I have too much redundancy, I just start removing charts that I think are not as well made. And then I start making cuts through the whole list. And then once I get down to, it gets really hard when you get down to like 65. Like it's really hard because there's like all oh, these songs are so cool and this, but it's too similar to this one and this song might be slightly more likable. So I have to use that one. So you make <laughs> you make hard cuts. So like a lot of times people are like, why didn't you put this chart in the pack? And I'm like, trust me, I want to, but I had to make a hard cut. Like it's it's you got to do it sometimes. Um, I just start with like giant sample size, and then just start chiseling away at like you know the stuff that might not be people what people like like uh this song is actually probably not going to be as universally liked as this one audibly so i'll just cut that one and keep that one in um that's typically how i approach it for all the tournaments really 
Yeah. And then, so you're also, I mean, you're a busy guy. You're also doing uh, the technical showcase for. Yeah. So I've been what, what's, what's, the, what's that all about? So technical showcases are really, um, it's a really good way to build the community. Like that's the biggest reason why we do is because we want more people to get involved and we want more people to show their talent. Like all the people that make charts for tech showcase, like even charts that don't get a high score, like there's still a lot of talent and potential in there. Like there, a lot of people are really good at like a lot better than it used to be at just like finding like really cool audio cues and songs and like putting in patterns that accent the music really well. And, you know, like it's just, it's really cool. Like I find it to be like, I call it a showcase because people are really showcasing a lot of talent in their ability to write good charts. And, you know, not, it, it's a, it's a, it's a double whammy for me because not only is it building the community and making them more attached and better at what they do, it's giving me more good content to use in tournaments. Like it's a really good, it's really helpful for me. Like, you know, like sometimes I just run out of stuff to use, you know, like we've used it all too much or we don't, we're missing something that's critical here. And then tech showcase shows up and there's, probably five to 10 songs that might even fill that, that void. And it's really, it's really convenient for me in that regard. Um, but yeah, people just, they, for the round one, they write two charts uh, between usually round nines to 14. So maybe a little higher in some cases. Um, and we grade them on a rubric based on usually the flow patterning, basic structure. Like if it's on sync, if it, you know, if it's cut the right way, if like the BPM is, if the BPM's correct, the slowdowns are correct, like all that kind of thing. So, um, you know, some people are more generous than others with their grading. I like to think that I'm a little more generous because, I mean, I am a teacher, so I have to be generous in my job a lot. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but yeah, like it's a really good way to, uh, like I said, it's, it's just a really good way to build a community and showcase how good these people are, what they do. Like if you compare Tech Showcase 1 to now, like, it's just, it's ridiculous how good people have gotten at making charts. Like, honest to God, like if you looked at it, you'd be like, I can't believe this is the same person. Like they've gotten a lot better at what they do. And, you know, like you have someone like Trevor, uh, Chief Skittles, who's only been making charts for a couple of years and his tech showcase uh, two stuff was okay. It wasn't bad. It was just, it was all right. But now he's probably one of the best chart makers I know for tech. And yeah, absolutely. moving up there. It's mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah. Um. So, there's only four arrows, arrows. There's up, down, left, right. Um, like, how are people still innovating and, like, still doing new things? Like, do you still see stuff that is, like, new to you that you're like, whoa, I had never thought of that before. I've never seen this before. Like, how are, how are people pushing the boundaries of, like, creating charts? I think it's, like, an evolution thing. Like, we all started – we all start with, like, the first time you saw a crossover and then – you just find like ways to make things like, like, like when I, I think when you first see jacks, you think you you think to yourself, is there a way I can do a jack without like using the same foot twice? Well, it's called a foot switch. Now I'm sure somebody thought of that back in 2006 or whatever, or they played, which, what DDR chart is it that has those Can't celebrate, in love. celebrate, celebrate night. night. Yep. Oni, celebrate night Euro trance style. Oh yeah, yeah foot... <laughs> I, I, I don't know I if was... they're intentional, but yeah, I was thinking. Of the... I think they definitely are. I was thinking of the Jackson can't stop falling in love. That well, I think but... that's one that a lot of people like started trying to foot like as a long foot switch. Yeah, I... celebrate nights definitely intentional because if you do them like you, all the crossovers, all the turns work properly. Yeah, they resolve. And there's um, uh, superstar Oni. Yep, that's uh, the other one. Has 
like side foot switches in it. Oh yeah. Wow. And I'll like that in a while. <laughs> just no one no one thought about that back then, but I have to yeah, give you... I'll have to give them credit on DDRX, the X specials, they or they call it X specials or X edits, I forget. Specials. But okay, yeah. They they had foot switches in all those charts. Like Candy Star and what was the other one? There's another one that did. I thought that was pretty cool. Mashy Hunter has side switches. Like, that's pretty sweet. And they resolve. I'm impressed because I those those have to be intentional. They feel very intentional. Like I don't play enough DDR to like I never padded them, but when I look at them, I'm like, for sure. I'm like, this feels like they this couldn't have been an accident. Because if it is, it's like the luckiest accident. Like I'll tell you, if you try to make a side switch and it's accidentally resolves, then that's pure luck most of the time. Yeah. But um, yeah. yeah, to answer that question, Dude, yeah, it's it's, crazy. it's just all about like it's to me, it's just about the evolution. Be like, oh, let's do a bracket. They do that in pump. What's a bracket? Hitting two arrows with one foot. Okay. What can we do with that now? Let's have a foot switch into a bracket. I wish we would have known about this when hands first came out. Oh my god. I just, hate hands. Honestly, like <laughs> if I would have if someone would have told me, Oh, you just just hit them with one foot, I would have been like, Oh, okay. But instead I was like, Hands I don't want to play a song that has hands in it. So then I, I just didn't play anything. I had hands in it. I just and I sucked for years. I mean, I think uh, our like early ITG players learned pretty quickly that you could like let go of holds slightly yeah with the with the holds that was like that was kind of a little obvious because of ddr when you you could you know you could uh tap on a freeze or something yeah but, but it, I mean, the, e what i was e even even for stuff like like uh, queen of light that has like triples and quads or like anubis that like starts on a quad like, I think we picked up pretty fast, like, oh, there are kind of ways to cheat this where you can just do it with your feet. You don't actually have to use your hands. I Funny stories. I used to pick all hand charts on people when, um, in like 2005, 6, 7 ish, because nobody knew how to cheat them. And I had, uh, I have size 15 shoes. So it's, I just kind of <laughs> stood there. I didn't really, like, actually have form to cheat them. I just stood there and it, like, worked. So, like, I would just, like, go to Torrance That's and pick... the best thing ever. I would just pick, like, Twilight and, like, Queen of Light and Aurora from Rebirth and what else? Basically those charts. It... Yeah. I literally would walk off when my opponents would inevitably quit, uh, pick Queen of Light on me in tournaments and then just have to win on the random and hope it wasn't also Queen of Light. Oh, that See... was, like, every ITG tournament for me ever. So now yeah. like... Now you're going into the conversation as to why I started to run tournaments in the first place, bringing up stories like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to your point, like you were talking about, like, oh, we'll do a foot switch into a, you know, a, a, a bracket. And so it's like, I think a lot of the, like, the new tech now is combining these elements in, like, new ways that, like, oh, you're crossed over and you have to, like, bracket or, like, you're crossed over into a foot switch that then, like, resolves so you come out of the crossover and, like, crazy stuff like this um, that just by, like, combining all these new elements in new ways, like, you're creating, like, patterns and stuff that people haven't seen before. Yeah, it's people are really creative with how they do it, and then you do it enough times, you see it enough charts, it just becomes a staple. Like foot switches, they're like a staple. Like if you, it's not being able to do a foot switch is like not being able to do like a sixteenth gallop in DDR. Yeah, because like every do song it, has them now. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so we're we've been chatting for a very long time here, but I wanted to to hit on some uh, 
Twitter questions really quick. Okay, um, yeah. Since, since since we asked, so hopefully you have uh, answers prepared. Um, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> so uh, Telperion asks about uh, poppin' music. He said, um, "What what's your favorite three poppin' uh, songs slash chart combinations? So you, you I mean, I, I assume this means you play poppin' music as well. I, I did until they showed the new poppin' game, and then I don't want to play it anymore. Oh. <laughs> that made well, me sad. Maybe it'll die now. I like... Um, I haven't played in a long time, but I used to play a lot of CS, and that was like my favorite hand game. Like everyone kind of flocked to 2DX back in the uh, CS days, and I kind of just had an affinity for Poppin for some reason. I think it was kind of like a much more sounds weird, like an aggro kind of game where I feel like I can get like really involved. I remember like funny that you said you're sitting in your closet because like <laughs> I used to sit in my closet and play Poppin all the time, or like I'd like stay in my closet and like just like go hard like on my my DAO, but you know, um, favorite poppin' charts, uh, it's like, I don't know any of these songs, because I don't know Japanese very well, um, I know the genres, because as you know, with old poppin', they would, like, have the genre names instead of the songs, um, my favorite <laughs> chart ever was, I don't remember what, I think it was from 12 or 13 CS, I don't know what it would be in the arcade, but it was, um, J-Soul, um, I think it was called, it was, like, a old-scale 36, and I liked it because, it like constantly and the, the song constantly changes like what it's doing it's like very jarring and the patterns are actually really fun to do and it has scales and, like if you are not scales it has uh chords and old pop and charts are known for having really bad chords like you just feel like an idiot when you're trying to hit some of those chords because you're, you're like mashing like this you're not actually sure what you're doing but that one flowed really well to me i liked that one uh my second favorite would be sets bean uh <laughs> because the song is really bad and funny but i'd always used to pick it in tournaments because nobody liked it so i i picked it kind of like that thing like i think we've all picked a song purposely in a tournament because nobody else liked it and we chose mm -hmm. to like it i that was one of those songs for me yeah you uh <laughs> I, I think a lot of people have seen the the video of when i played <laughs> mad matt on uh the ordeal becomes great in uh four f is four and um, then he walked away well <laughs> after beautiful morning well well exactly yeah what's not in that video is that i or I don't know, maybe it is at the very end, but yeah, I picked <laughs> Beautiful Morning against it. I was like, I'm just going to pick the slowest. Stupidest. That's why we don't do Pick Pick Random that often anymore. Yeah. Um, and third song, if you've ever played Pop, there's this called, song called Drimmin Fry. Uh, it's basically the most misrated chart ever. They fixed it later, but it's, 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 it's like, imagine playing like an old scale DDR like three and then at the end it becomes like a 10, like a really aggressive 10 and, the, and it's rated like a seven. <laughs> so you're like going to fail like no matter what. Cause you're like, it, it's, it's like putting the, it's like putting the run of PSMO at the end of like, like let's groove or something. Like you're like playing let's groove and all of a sudden there's a PSMO run. And it's like, and then they called it like a seven. You're like, okay, that's kind of confusing. I feel like that's how pump rates charts. It's like, they just kind of, they, 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 <laughs> They kind of like average it out. It's like, oh well, you know, it's it's like eighth notes the whole song, and then at the very end, there's like a giant sixteenth note run with some brackets in it. Yeah, it's like, oh well, that's a that's a that's a fifteen. So I actually don't really, I actually don't really like it, but I find it like absolutely hilarious that it exists because it's such a troll. And I've been trolled on that song in tournaments twice now. I'm like, god damn, you're gonna pick this on me, aren't you? And then he does. It was a uh, Jeff Sledge picked it on me years ago at a Champions. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And they also asked, uh, you mentioned earlier that you're a teacher. So what's your most difficult teacher reflex to suppress when, when you're dealing with rhythm gamers or I guess tournaments or anything? Uh, not why not when just come out and say like, you're wrong. <laughs> like as a teacher, like even if you're not wrong, it's, I mean, if you are wrong, rather, it's, like, hard to just, like, admit that in the middle of, like, teaching kids. So you kind of, like, save face a lot. So I find myself either saving face a lot in situations or I just want to be like, no, you're just, like, you're just, like, that's wrong. That's incorrect. Like, you can't, you can't be right here. I have to be right because I'm the teacher. Like, you ha you almost have to have that mentality because if, like, if, especially in my type of school, like, if I have, like, any sort of, like, defeatist, like, thing going, they'll, like, prey on that. So I have to be very, like... No, I'm right and you're wrong. So sometimes I'll like that tone will come out, but like it's not intentionally malicious at all. It's just more like I have to do that at work. <laughs> I can't speak. Oh no, you're right. You're completely. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. They'll like feed off that. So two plus two equals five. What what subject do you teach? Uh, well, it's funny because it, it it's been changing. But uh, <laughs> this year I taught uh, multimedia and game design actually. Oh wow! And That's last year I, last year I taught a little bit of woodshop and those things. So it, I'm technology certified, so it like kind of varies, but next year I'm doing 100% media for middle school and high school and then game design. It's mostly oh, board cool. game design, some basic level coding. So Wow. That's great, man. That's man, I didn't even know they taught Thank that. Thank you for contributing school. to our society in a in a great way. <laughs> it's 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 a lot of fun because I write my own curriculum. I write it all summer long. Um they cuz there is no curriculum state standards for that type of uh instruction. So I write my own curriculum and I I basically call my own shots, which is like pretty awesome. So I, I just explore what areas of game design I think are important. Like, you know, whether it's just like, like storytelling or whatever, and I just go with it and run with it. So. So do you, do you think your like experience running tournaments and stuff and like being so deeply ingrained in you know ITG stuff? Like obviously it's a very niche game, but do you think that's like influence your you know how you think about t teaching your classes and whatnot? They help each other a lot, actually, because I think that when you want to be a really good TO, like if you want to be a good TO, you need to like always think about everybody who's going to likely or definitely be involved with your event. Like, no, like you need to make sure that you're trying to appease to the lowest seed and the highest seed, just like how I'm trying to make sense, make my lesson make sense to the like the lowest level and highest level learning of kids in my class. So like it's like a similar idea where I have to like find the balance, like and just like just like with dance games and tournaments push their push their limits you know out of their comfort zone a bit but not make it so egregious and i think they're actually really similar like my when i'm writing lesson plans or i'm writing the curriculum in the summer my approach to it like my mentality my mental state is very similar to how it is when i'm like trying to think of ideas for ecfa like it's very i don't know like my mind is feels like it's operating the same way i think that it's been helpful i think it's helped both like i think my teaching's gotten actually better from this and i think my toing has gotten better from it too that's awesome nice. um we had another question from uh leon um oh yeah who, who said uh what what made you decide on switching to ecfa weights i think we we kind of already covered that but uh is there a moment a tournament moment where you realized itg percent uh did not indicate who was the better player yes <laughs> so for We've all been here, but for many years of entering tournaments for DDR, we never looked at our machine score when we decided winners, did we? 
I don't think so. Because as you know, with Extreme, the earlier you get your great in the song compared to your opponent, the higher score is going to be because some weird combo thing built into the game. I don't know. It's weird, and I don't like it. I don't think anyone does. So we've been doing perfect counts. <laughs> it's weird, and I don't like it. <laughs> I don't know if we did. I don't know if it's always been perfect counts for your tournaments where you guys were way back, or if it was like yeah, maybe a three-two-one type. I don't. Not sure. I think ours was always literally just perfect counts. Um, yeah, and... we. I, I I do remember going to a machine score tournament in Bakersfield once, and that must have been around like two thousand. Three, 2002 2003 and and like coming from fresno to bakersfield and they're like yeah it's machine score we were like what that makes no sense <laughs> yeah there, there was two incidents to answer leon's question directly that made me think this way the first incident was actually let me, is this in the time yeah this is this would be the first one so i went to my first ever supernova 2 tournament okay i had already been to itg tournaments we're using machines percentage you know which for those who aren't familiar, um, if you miss a note in ITG, it is worth getting 17 excellence. Which is um, kind of a meme at this yeah, point. Yeah, because the way it's built in the game, it's a Fantastic's plus 5, Excellence plus 4, Great's plus 2, Decent is 0, and a way off takes off points, which is already kind of strange. And then a miss takes off even more, it's minus uh, 12. So I never thought much of about it at the time. You know, I was just... Like, I don't think I was just, like, being analytical enough. I was just dealing with it. You know, I was just like, okay, I got a miss, but better fantastic count by 10, but I still lost. I didn't think about it that way, though, at the time. But what really made me think about it is I went to a Supernova 2 tournament, and we did uh, machine score. Now, if you remember how machine score works for Supernova 2, a great's worth, like, I think it's like 180 perfects or something, or something crazy, like, on SN2. or may, may not be 100. It's like 100-something. And I... I watched matches happen. I think it was like, I don't remember who was playing, but somebody got like 25 perfects and a great on Xenon, which is really good. 25 perfects on SN2 is really good. And the opponent got like 65 PFC and one. And like, I'm like watching this match happen and I'm like watching the one player just like kill it. Like, you know, he's just like, you know, getting all marvelous and everything. And then like the winner, like, and I go, oh, he wins. The other guy wins. And I'm just like, wait a second. So I started thinking and I'm like, I look up at the screen again. I see he's like 30 ahead in Marvelous. And I'm like, that doesn't seem right. How did he, what? You know, and I'm like, I was just like, whatever. It's kind of weird. And then I went to a pump tournament. Okay, this is a good story about pump. And one reason why I don't like playing pump. <laughs> so so I'm playing uh, Ton. Uh, why well, I'm having a mental block on his last name. You guys probably know who Ton is. He runs a lot of the pump tournaments. Um, maybe you do. Really nice guy, though. I love the guy, but I didn't know him at the time, so I didn't love him at the time. But I was playing him in this pump tournament, and, you know, I pick... I didn't know what I was doing, so I picked Beethoven Virus, the 11. Classic. You know, and he got a grade on it, and I did not. <laughs> to his demise, I beat him on that song. Then the next song was this K-pop 14... And it stopped like every beat and just like failed me instantly. And I just had to stand there and look like an idiot because I didn't know what I was doing. Right. And then, you know, pump it up doesn't even tell you your score on the screen. So I had to wait till the song was over, which was horrible. But so I was sitting there like, oh my God, I feel so stupid. But then the third song comes up and it's like the 17, like a generic 17 with this big 16th run at the end. And, you know, like I'm playing it, but at the beginning of it, or like maybe in the middle, I get like a random miss, just like out of nowhere. It's on an eighth and I just like missed. And then we get to the run at the end. 
and I just like go hard on this run. Like I'm like crushing it, like crossovers everywhere. I never play pump. I'm like, yeah, I'm going hard. And he like gives up. He kind of stands there and starts like mashing a bit. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to win. I'm going to win. Then he gets the results screen and he beat me because he had a higher combo than me. <laughs> like the results screen came up and then, you know, the scores came and I'm kind of like looking back and forth. Like, is that right? And everyone's like, yeah, good job, Todd. Woo, you won. And I'm just like, I'm like, I look at everybody, I look at the screen, I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> like, like that was <laughs> the first time I really was like, are you sure that I, 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 he didn't even do the song though. Like he didn't <laughs> even play it. <laughs> like, are you, so it started hitting me. I'm like, wow, these scoring systems are kind of weird, aren't they? And then the final nail in the coffin was Fort Rapids 5. I was watching Matt Magden play against Justin Webbs on a song. Me and Mason, me and Mason Hester were watching this match and Matt Magden gets one and a miss on a song, and then Justin Webbs gets 17 and l- beats him by one excellent. And I'm like looking at him, like, are we, what, you're going to give that win to, to Justin? So they pull out the camera and they're reviewing it for like an hour. Like, literally, an hour <laughs> goes by. They're watching the camera to see if Matt missed this eighth note. And me and Mason, are like, just give it to him. Like, he did better by like 16 steps. Like, just give it to the guy. And they wouldn't do it. And I'm like, this is just okay. I'm like, this is where I have to draw the line. If I ever run a tournament, I'm making it so misses aren't worth so much. So we don't have to sit here for an hour and deliberate. It's wasting time, you know, because every time you get a way off or a miss, like you're saying they're deliberating it. Like instead of just saying, okay, screw it. Like it might be me, it might not be, but it's only worth like two fantastic. So it's not a big deal. Um, that's what really made me decide to go to the scoring race. I just kept seeing examples of myself and others just being in situations where they lose but it feels like it's not very well justified. And most importantly, from a TO aspect, we're spending hours like arbitrating matches. And I don't think anybody wants to do that. So That's the worst part, honestly. Just, it, happen, it's, it happens a lot. And the whole point of the score is just to try, I mean, EX score does this too with DR, which is great. Like you kind of alleviate a lot of that pressure of needing to arbitrate stuff. Like a lot of it's just tossed out the window automatically. Totally. Yeah. Um, well, you said you do play DDR. What's your What's your favorite DDR eighteen? Oh my god! If I even know any, um, <laughs> do I even know any eighteens? I mean, the answer is uh, Dead End Groove Radar Special, right? You, I don't know if you realize this, but Dead End Groove Radar Special was in ECFA six HS last year. Was it really? Yeah, it didn't get picked. And Pluto though. the first was in last. Pluto year. the first got picked. It was randomed. The last song of the tournament was Pluto the first. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. It was really funny just I, watching I, them suffer. I think it would it would be so funny to have a DDR officials tournament on ITG. Like honest to God, I think Pluto the First feels worse on an ITG cab than on an Ace cab, even with the extra modifiers and like the simplistic look. I think it's still harder. Actually, it feels horrible. Like I, not that it's I like so it either hard. way, but it felt like really. It looked. I was like watching Steve play. And I'm like. I feel so bad that you have to play this. Like <laughs> I made you like have to train on this song. Like yeah, you, you guys had it. one of my charts uh, back from back in the day in the tournament last year too under uh, HS, right? Yeah, still there. Laser Cruster. Was it? Well, it was still hell yeah. It was yeah. there for oh, two. Man. Oh yeah. Laser Cruster is such a pain in the ass. Dude. I know. I I, I, know I, I, was... I like it because I always do okay on it, and then I just get bodied in like half a second. I'm like, well, there it goes. <laughs> <laughs> All comes down to this. Uh, it turns out 30 seconds are like one six year hard. Fire, yeah. Firefire is still a classic. Yeah. And, a, lot, and ad- addiction. I that was an ECFA six last size. year actually. Yeah. I had a I had a part of the tournament that was certified bangers, and um, 
that was in there. I did it by year, and I did that one for 2007. So, see, story of my life. I'm on the nice list and the naughty list, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's like the epitome of nice. <laughs> on certified bangers and on horseshit. <laughs> hey, HS HS may have like ridiculous stuff that can be kind of dumb, but there's also charts that I purposely put in that are good too, just like really hard. So, yeah. No, I think it, I, I'm honored. Honestly, I think it's great. I mean, that's, and actually, that's uh, how a lot uh, of my old charts are too. There, there's a few yeah. good ones in there, but most of them are just dumb. <laughs> No, it's cool. I, I like seeing one of the one of the hard FA charts this year um, in the preview pack is a chart that TJ, aka Implode, made for um, my Simfile contest. Yeah, Hysteria. So it's, it's super, super hard. It's a 13, and it's super sick. Yeah, I, I love um, that chart. So Needs exposure. That's cool. That's cool to see that. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, two, two really other quick questions. I, I, one I wanted to ask earlier. So, you know, you were mentioning that the, the blue FAs kind of like lose meaning sort of at the higher levels like what what do you think the upper end of like effective blue blue fa is like 12s um i think it i think it's less dependent on block difficulty and more dependent on the type of tech involved like i can get much better blue counts on stamina just stream 15s and 16s than i can on like a really technical 12 because i all i have to do is just stay focused in one position and just move and just my the my mindset is I only have to be analytical about my positioning in four different ways, which is how I hit left, up, down, and right. I don't have to think about my positioning for right to left or two feet on the down arrow. But when you're doing blue FA and you're doing charts with like lots of foot switches and lots of turns, you have to be very like self-aware and conscientious of like how you step. Because even if you step slightly lighter than you did on the previous step, you're probably getting a white fantastic. Like... It, that's just how the game works with that type of a timing window. You have to be that precise. So if you're doing 12s that are just pure stream, they're actually really simple to get blues on, in my opinion. But if you're playing, like, just use an official as an example, if you're trying to play something like... like Euphoria? Like, I mean, like, yeah, Euphoria 12 would be light years harder to get a blue percentage than, like, a 16 that's streamy for me, honestly. Mm-hmm. Because you don't have to... You have to think way more. Not only you think about how am I going to hit these 30-second drills, you're thinking about how in the center... Of that window, my God, that's a whole other layer of difficulty. Is that even possible? Yeah, that's uh, so hard. That would God, be I, playing the RNG, dude. Put you should put Euphoria in HS. Well, oh I, had, I had Kagami left in there last year. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know if you remember this, but at Rocky Mountain Nine, the qualifiers Kagami left. Wow. Hey, that's what I went to. Yeah, so that's why I put it in there. I was like, well, and I even put the subtitle as good qualifier <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious um and then we had one more question from discord from uh locavoto who sure. uh said what are some fun 15s in itg oh yikes uh define fun <laughs> yeah fun. I, I i tried to press for more more information if he's looking for for stamina foot speed or tech but are, are there any like for somebody who like plays 14s like and wants to like push to the next level like what how do you? How, what's some good stuff in the in the fifteen range? So for so for that that range, it really depends on what kind of BPM you're comfortable with. Like if you like just kind of slow chill kind of music, and like you know you just want to go for like a relatively long time. Like Eurobeat is pretty cool. Um, there are some Eurobeat fifteens that I really like to play. But if you like kind of doing the faster stuff, um, like higher BPM, there are there's a lot of stuff out there. And actually, Stamina RPG four, which is I mean, it's not really my place to say a lot about it because I don't know a ton about it because it's not out yet. But that's starting soon. There's going to be a lot of content in there of various um, speeds. 
if you're talking about the tech department, um, what's cool is that there's not that many 15s, but they're actually pushing to get some more technical 15s out there. And there have been a few attempts. Uh, some of them are a little egregious, I'd say, but like the, but it starts out that way, right? Like we start out by making our charts kind of, you know, when we all start making custom, they're all kind of weird, maybe not quite there, but the ideas are there and they're good and sound. So to, I guess for the, if you want the thing I'm more proficient in to respond with, which is about technical stuff, there's stuff coming. There's some stuff there. Um, I know Kaya released a pack that's like a technical stamina pack, and there's some pretty hard technical 15s in there that might be a little too much, but that's that's uh, that's pretty cool stuff in there. Um, yeah, I mean the the like technical. Fi- I'm trying to think of like what a technical 15 would be, and it's just like crazy. It's most of the time it's very currently it's very divided like bunch of stream, then like some crazy foot switches and brackets or turns, and then more stream. I mean that's. It's kind of it's really hard to do it. Like it's it's hard to be creative about without making it just unfun. It's hard to even find a song that would fit that. I feel like that's the yeah because at that point you're just overstepping it and then you're just kind of making you're making it. I mean, it's, I sound like a boomer. You're making like a keyboard chart when you do that. Like I mean, <laughs> essentially, like so it, they're out there. I mean, it really comes down to what BPM you like and what music you like. You know, like if you like Eurobeat, if you like drum and bass, if you like something that's more hard, like. There's lots. There's so much stuff out there. Yeah. Um, well, I think that's just about it. Roger, Omid, did you guys have any uh, additional questions here? No questions, really, but I just want to say thanks for putting the effort in that you do to making all of this stuff. I think that, you know, hearing that you are making the ECFA events specifically to push people's boundaries and get them out of their comfort zone, I think that's, like, probably the... Like I, in general, I have to admit that I, I've never over the past few years, maybe the past 15 years, I haven't had the, like the most positive view of ITG, but like, and a lot of it is because I, a lot of the stuff that I see is like, oh, people, my, my impression used to be like people just playing stream and that's all and not doing anything hard and seeing the way that tech has go has gone nowadays. And, uh, it really just kind of makes me like everything again. And I, I just really appreciate the fact that you're putting effort into making people uncomfortable because I think a fair game is like, you know, you, you can argue that like a game that you play and you know what the result is going to be is the most kind of fairness is like, that's, that's like the fairest type of game. But like going into something like this where you, have to challenge yourself i think is is uh really important um but yeah i'll let omid say whatever he wants um i I mean like roger i think i i just just to like yes and what roger was saying i think i've experienced kind of firsthand by participating this year you know i just like kc qualifying i did not participate last year and i did this year and it made me really happy that i did this year i i believe i tied for 20th or something 21st something something like that um in the world which like is sick and i i wouldn't have done that if i didn't you know go to the arcade and put in reps and just like ecfa qualifying now there's three courses we didn't talk about it a lot but there's three courses one you have to do fa plus the other two are not uh they're on normal they're just hard fa and um they're all very hard like they're all insanely hard and i have gotten so much better like we've been talking about this entire show like i've gotten so much better at four panel 
um, by playing the courses. I've gotten so much better at the courses, the songs on the courses by playing the courses. Um, I've gotten better at FA Plus by playing the courses. Uh, on and on and on and on. So I, yeah, just like Roger was saying, like thank you, Kyle, for everything that you do. And um, you know, through the through the uh, you know just like shameless plug through the Simphile contest I'm, I'm running, I'm getting to learn all these people I did not know before. Uh, all the top charters in the community, you know, most of them are participating, and uh, it's just a really like Roger was saying, like again, the IG community is like very cool, and I'm glad that I took like kind of a leap to reconnect or, or just connect period. Um, Cause I'm mostly DDR player now, um, even though I was mostly an IG player back in the day. So it's really cool. Thank you so much uh, for everything you do. And uh, I really hope I get to participate in ECFA. Yeah. I hope, I hope, uh, you know, COVID-19 uh, at least goes, you know, kind of goes groundhog days somewhere else. What, what is this expression I'm trying to, oh yeah, it is groundhog day, right? Like sees its shadow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I hope it, I hope it does the thing where like it goes in its hole soon. Yeah. Uh, cause I would love to come out and, and love to get top 16 yeah. and yeah, you would, you, you'll, you'll, I want you to be there cause I want more people to experience it because I think that, you know, we all learn some cool ideas for tournaments and, you know, just by going to events, we see what works and what doesn't. And I know, I don't know if you run too many of your own events, but you probably run, or you probably help people run events. And, you know, that's how we, we share ideas. Mm-hmm. We all get better yeah. at running. Like a lot of my ideas aren't a hundred percent original. You know, I take things that I see that I, I thought were cool and I, modify them you know we learn from each other it's a really good experience and the people it's so chill man like you you'd love it like we just it's mostly just like a hangout session too like we're all like chilling and it's it's a lot of fun so i I do hope you you can come out for it can't wait <laughs> yeah um well do you have anything to to plug i know you stream on twitch a bunch uh yeah i do st- i try to stream a lot more regularly now um especially with the covid thing happening i'm more able to it's living living a teacher slash dad life makes it busy but now since i'm working from home i'm have less excuses to not upload videos and stream so every handle is just riodo itg r-i-o-d-o itg um on twitter slash twitch and youtube so if you want to follow me there check out those things like i'm i like to think i'm pretty entertaining when i stream because i'm kind of ridiculous uh that's just kind of my personality and somehow it makes me play better (laughs) because i get like weird about it so if you're there at might help me do better too. So, I mean, you're also like a world top five, but like ITG tech player. So, like, give yourself a little bit of credit. Also, you're you're also hella good. Dude. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, yeah, this has been uh, really awesome to to chat with you and just to for us to to get some more perspective. Uh, especially me, like I'm not, you know, obviously not super super into the ITG scene anymore. Um, so it's just really good to to hear from you and and to like learn all about this stuff and just. Only took us three years to have an ITG episode, <laughs> unless unless you count the one with Kyle Ward, but that was mostly step maniacs. Yeah, but yeah, um, but yeah. I mean, figured this would be as good a time as any to to dig a little bit deeper into it, and so hopefully some of our our listeners. I mean, people are um, you know getting home pad setups and stuff right now, and um, might be playing ITG a lot more. So yeah. um, I, hopefully this will be a, a useful and, and, and encouraging, inspiring uh, thing to hear for, for everybody. Yeah, this we is the time to, to play a... it. This is the time to play. Like if anybody who is thinking about trying it before they can go back to the arcade to play DDR, I'm t- I promise that even if you don't main this as your game, but if you use it as a learning tool before you go back, it'll feel easier to you. I, mm-hmm. I swear it will because it did for me, and I bet it does for other people. I mean, look at Chike. 
man played ITG for years and now look at him. So yeah, um, mm-hmm. where where can people find more information about uh, ECFA or or uh, in so, any of these sort of things? So for ECFA in particular, um, ECFA qualifying is the name of the group. If you do facebook.com slash ECFA qualifying, that should get you there. And um, you just have to ask for the invite and I just approve it. Um, the ECFA Discord link is in there as well. And the, the Discord, I, I mean, um, Omid here is in it and he's relatively frequent posting in there now. And he can probably vouch that it's a lot more active. Like people are, are pretty commonly mm-hmm. score dumping, but also like lots of positive vibes in there, I think, lately. Trying to make it that way, trying to steer away from any type of toxicity. So it's a pretty chill environment. Um, and good. actually, you asked this question earlier. It's a good good response to it. Um, good place to get SIM files. Lots of like single released files go get popped in there first. So you can get the first taste at like some really good charts from really good step file artists too from there. Um, so definitely go to the Facebook group if you want to know more, and then you'll see that link. Awesome. Uh, well, thank you so much. Um, you can follow us on, uh, I mean, Kyle, you can follow us or <laughs> the, the listeners can follow us on <laughs> Twitter at uh, SF underscore evolved. Uh, we have a Discord um, that is a little bit quiet right now, but um, if you if you have some things to say, you can join our Discord. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been trying to like retweet people, like streamers, um, on on Twitter, um, and been hosting people on Twitch, uh, just to kind of try and get some more eyes on on uh, you know the you know new people are streaming right now and like different people and streaming like way more often. So we're just trying to expose that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Anyway, th- thank you so much for joining us. This has been really fun. Yeah, of course. It was really good to, to get that out there, and um, I would like to. I would, it would be cool to come back one day and catch up too. It's been fun. Yeah, good chat. Sounds good. Hell yeah, dude. All right. Well, we'll try our, our sign off here. So, um, thank you for listening, and thank, thank you, you for playing. playing.